Welcome back to Modern Day Rosies. I'm your host, Savannah, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Lori Robinson. She's the Managing Director of Customer Experience and Innovation at FedEx. Lori also has a law degree and has worked in digital product management for 22 years. Thank you so much for letting me reschedule all the craziness. Hopefully, hopefully it works better today. Sure, sure. No problem. I get it. Like I am, um, I'm on Zoom calls all day for work and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Last time we were kind of talking a little bit about um, your career and kind of all the different things that you've done. Um, I know you've started out as a attorney mm-hmm. um, and kind of that, can you, can you kind of walk me through all that? Yeah, sure. So I I did start out as an attorney. Um, I got a law degree straight out of college. And I I was really unhappy practicing law. It just, um, I was doing transactional work. So I was doing real estate and estate planning and small business and tax. I knew I didn't want to be a litigator. Um, So transactional was definitely the right place for me, but I was still really unhappy. It just didn't suit my skills and and I just, I just didn't like it. Um, But I didn't know what I was qualified to do because I'd been in the legal field for about three or four years. um, And I didn't, you know, I just didn't know, like, how do I transition to something different? Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband was a graduate student at the University of Chicago and he came home one day, he was in the English department. He came home one day with um, an email from the department secretary that said that a company had reached out to her. They were looking for, um, it was a K through 12 education website. This was 1999 before Google, (laughs) before, um, really before the web was the web as we know it. There was no Amazon um, or Google or anything yet. Um, And this was a website that was looking for people who could write and edit um, and do usability um, for the website. And I didn't even know what usability was. I tried to look it up, but I, you know, it's not in Merriam Webster's um, (laughs) and there was no Google. So it's like, well, I don't even know what that part is, but I can write and I can edit and I like kids. Um, That's always been an interest of mine is kids and teaching and education. So I threw my name in the ring and I got the job. And that was, that was my first, um, my first job in the web world, I learned a ton about technology, um, about websites, about how they're created and they're built. Um, and that was, I just fell in love with it. It was just the absolute right thing for me. And I turned that into a 20, you know, I think 22 years now career, um, in digital product management. It took, um, it took almost 10 years before somebody actually said like, well, you know what you are, you're a product manager. And it's like, oh my gosh, I went out to, you know, look at job websites and there were actually jobs for what I did. So um, it's been a real, it's been a real learning experience. Every job I take is something new and something different. Um, you know, sometimes it's learning. I took a job once where it was all going to be mobile. Um, and so I learned what mobile product development is like, and that's really different. Um, You know, you're developing for a small screen for people who are on the go. It's a different technology stack that sits behind it. Um, So I learned a ton there. I, um, when I went and worked with your dad, I was learning hardware, something I had not done before. So I learned a little bit about hardware. So each role that I've taken, I have learned either a new industry, a new technology, um, something new. I'm just always wanting to learn new stuff. That's awesome. (laughs) 
I know you're currently um, the managing director of customer experience and innovation at FedEx. Is that correct? Not at FedEx office. What is your average day like in that role? Can you kind of uh, tell me a little bit about that? There isn't an average day. That's <laughs> probably what's fun about being a product manager. And even though I don't have a product manager title anymore, I still kind of consider myself a product manager. Um, that's the fun of, of what I do is that every day is a little bit different. Um, but my role now is primarily, I mean, I manage a team and our responsibility is to bring the customer voice to the organization um, in multiple ways. And we do that through, um, some of it is through what we call voice of customer, where we are listening to customer um, compliments and complaints that come in through chat, through our phone support, through, um, through various channels. Um, but a lot of it is through doing proactive customer research. So we will do surveys, we will do what we call empathy interviews, where we actually go sit down and do one-on-ones with customers. Um, we have lots of different tools in our toolkit for how we go out and talk to customers. Mm -hmm. um, we'll do focus groups and big summits. Um, we do co-creation where we will bring a number of customers in and sit down with them and let them help design a new feature or a tool that we're working on. So we have lots of different ways that we go about that. Um, and so some days are in planning for some research. Some days, like the most fun days, I think, are where we're actually sitting down talking to customers. Some days are pulling up the team that got to talk to the customers about something and we are doing what we call synthesis where it's like, okay, let's dump everything that we just heard. Like, what did you hear? What did you hear? What did you hear? And then building from that, building themes and trends and trying to use, like take that information to drive the strategy and the decision-making that the company needs to do. So we already have a lot of data that, you know, where you think about quantitative data uh, about what customers are buying and when they shop and what sections of the site they use and where they don't. Um, so we have a lot of that. So what my team really does is we layer in the customer experience and the customer sentiment. And sometimes that means that the hard numbers you know, you can look at numbers all day long and say, well, why do people print business cards, but they're not printing Christmas cards, but you're making assumptions. So going out and talking to customers and, and they're like, oh, well, I really wanted to print a Christmas card, but you didn't have the template that matched the theme I wanted this year. Or um, I was trying to click the button and it didn't work. You know, is it a technical thing? Is it... So we are all about trying to get that like really rich customer sentiment that helps us put the story behind the numbers that we have. And then we use that customer sentiment to drive strategy and decision-making for, um, for the organization. Part of what's fun about my job is that even though over the course of my career, I've been focused on our web properties and our e-commerce channels, um, my team now, we also get to work on our stores. So we get to work on, um, we've actually sent people into the stores and we do customer intercepts stopping them, you know, when they've made a purchase as they leave the store, asking them some questions, offering them like gift cards and things to like step aside and answer some questions for us. So that's been kind of fun. You know, when I talked about always learning more for me, this is retail and, and there's a store component and that's, I've never done anything like that before. So that's kind of a typical day is doing something customer related, whether it's planning research or synthesis and, 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 you know, 
delivering insights to the organization, presentations and things like that. That sounds really exciting. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. And, you know, I have a great team and um, they do most of the work. I don't, I don't get to go out and do the, you know, the day-to-day -day with them as much anymore because my job is really helping set the strategy. And so I'm working with the other managing directors to make sure that we are thinking about things the right way, that we are setting the right strategy. And then I'm, my team is pulling that data for the, you know, what's the customer saying. So I don't get to do the fun stuff as much, but I get to direct the team that's doing the fun stuff. It counts. <laughs> yeah, it counts. And I love my team. I have an awesome team. We have a lot of fun together. So you have a lot of experience as we kind of discussed in, you know, senior product management, director positions. What would you say was your favorite job and why? I don't have to think about that one. <laughs> I had a few. And the interesting thing is that my favorite jobs tended to be more tied to the people that I worked with than the industry or the product. I was at UT Southwestern for a long time um, and I ran, I ran the business side of the web team there and that was phenomenally fun. Um, I loved being on a university campus because it, it is a medical school. So, you know, there's an education component, a research component, and a patient care component to what they do. I got to be involved in all of those things. I got to go to meetings with our Nobel laureates, which was super exciting. Um, I got to know a lot of the professors and the department chairs. I had a fun team and we were working on something that had never been done there before. So that was really fun. I worked for a company called Quick Office that is no longer in business because they got acquired by Google because of the product that we worked on. Um, and that was a year, I was there a year to the day. Like I was there exactly one year before Google came in and bought us and laid everybody off. But that was a year where it was mobile, it was a startup mentality and everybody was just working, working, working super hard to get this product launched. And then right after we launched it, it tripled the valuation of the company and that's what caused Google to come in and buy it. So like that was exciting and fun and different. And then I just, I loved my time at Capital One. Um, I was there a few years and the people were phenomenal and the rigor that they put behind product management. That's where I really learned uh, the customer experience side of it. I, you know, it's like every job. Um, I loved ESI because I had a great mentor there, your dad. Um, <laughs> and I learned a ton from him and we just had a lot of fun every day. So, I mean, every, it's hard to say which one because they're so wrapped up in the people that i got to work with um each one of them it's like i just have special special people and special memories yeah oh, I, so. I can understand that i think that that definitely the people that you work with can totally change make you love a job or make you not so love a job totally. Totally. you can have a great like a a great job a great company but you hate the people and like people are mean and stuff and it's like you just want out yeah. but and then you can be working for a company that you're like oh, i'm not so sure i really like this company but if you've got good people around you that just makes every day fun yeah so you know i just i just go into it with a learning mentality what can i learn and what can i teach that's and that's fun. can you tell me a little bit about what it's like to work as a woman in a leadership role kind of in this industry that's a great question you know, it's been an interesting challenge. I never, ever thought of myself as hitting a glass ceiling or 
being not taken seriously or something because I was a woman. Mm -hmm. But in the last few years, I definitely look back and I see scenarios where I, um, I don't know that my voice was heard or I don't know that my voice was valued. Um, I definitely hit some of that in my last role. That's really part of what caused me to leave the company that I was at because I got left off of leadership teams. Uh, you know, as a director, I was the only director who was left off of a leadership team, but the men were all on the team. And I actually went to my boss who was a VP and I said, you left me out. You have no women on the team. And he, he changed, you know, but it was like, it's great that he made the change and he added me to the leadership team, but it sucked that I had to go and ask for that and yeah. demand that. And that was like, okay, I'm clearly not, I'm clearly not valued here. So I need to go. That, so that was a big one. And even now, as much as I love the role that I have today, I definitely see sometimes my ideas, I'll mention it to somebody, to a guy. And then that guy is the one who presents the idea in a meeting as if it was his idea. And it's like, wait a minute, that, I told you that. So it's just, it's little things, but they add up. And it makes me realize that nobody else is going to advocate for me. You know, I have to advocate for myself. If I see something that doesn't feel right, I need to speak up and say something. Um, because people don't even realize that they're doing it. You know, like the, the situation I just told you about at my current company, like I don't believe anybody's, it's not malicious. There's no, um, there's no negative intent there for somebody to take my idea. It's like they heard it in a conversation. They liked the idea. It's like, oh, they're trying to pay me a compliment, but they don't realize that by not saying in the meeting, oh, this was Lori's idea. She and I talked about this and she had this great idea that it, undermines what I bring to the table. So I have to advocate for myself and I have to be willing to use my voice. And that is one area where I think women definitely um, shy away from things. Like they get in a meeting, a lot of the times in my industry, the meetings are all men. It is intimidating um, to speak up, but if you don't speak up, then you don't have a voice. And if you don't have a voice, then the val your value is perceived as being less. So two lessons are speak up, if you have a seat at the table and don't be afraid to ask for that seat at the table. That's good advice. What would you say is the percentage of women in leadership roles in the tech business industry? Um, how would you suggest bringing more women into these fields? Oh, that's a great question. I, I'm terrible with numbers, so it's hard for me to say percent, but um, I will tell you that in most companies that I'm at, women like you're lucky if it's a leadership if it is a tech company mm -hmm. like I don't consider the company I'm at right, right right now a tech company um it is a retail organization and I happen to work in a tech part of it um and they're like the executive leadership team is probably more women than not so you know I, that's a hard one to like we have to set that one aside the other companies that i've worked in where it was primarily technology it was not heavy women at the top it was mostly men um we might be lucky if we had one or two women uh representing us there were definitely more women the farther down you go but even like if you look at the development teams and the you know the people who are actually coding and creating the work it's phenomenally small percentages of women. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I, I think that women, you know, you read articles about in the United States, girls tend to shy away from math and science 
classes and majors. And so then you're going to naturally have fewer women going into um, the technology sector. If you have trouble getting girls like in the door, then, you know, as they get farther along in their careers and they become, they become the managers and they become the directors and they become the vice presidents, that funnel just gets narrower and narrower. And so, you know, then you're competing. You just have fewer women, a fewer, smaller pool to draw from. Mm -hmm. What do you think has helped you be successful? Um, I think that I, you know, I get a lot of feedback from the people that work for me that they love my management style. I try and be really open with them. I try and be really transparent with them. And I have a lot of, like, I try really hard to be humble. I don't know everything. I could always be wrong. I have opinions about things and I will share them, but I welcome like a really open dialogue with my team. Um, I want those rich opinions and those robust conversations. And I ask for their thoughts and their feedback a lot so that I can make decisions. Like I don't wanna make decisions in a vacuum. And so I think that helps because then my team goes out and they talk to my leaders about how much they enjoy working for me. Um, and that kind of, you know, raises eyebrows like, oh, wow, her team really loves her. That's important. We let, you know, we would like to hear that. So I think just having great support beneath me um, and knowing that they have my back helps, you know, elevate the work that I do. And it helps me be able to elevate them because I like, I love to showcase the work that they're doing. I always try and make sure that they get the credit. But I also think that like with what I do today, the role that I have now, they brought me into that organization because nobody, they, they weren't gathering customer insights in this way. They were told by a consulting company that they needed to start doing it and they needed to be driving their strategies and their decisions from a customer centric way, but they'd never done that before. They didn't have that skill set, And so they brought me on. I had demonstrated that I had done that before. And so now it's kind of like everything I say is like, uh, okay, whatever she says, like, cause they're talking to the customer. We, we trust, we trust what Lori and her team are doing. So, you know, that helps. I don't know though, Savannah, otherwise it's, it's hard to know. I think I've had great managers. I've had great mentors. Um, your dad was one of them. Um, and there was another woman I worked with at ET Southwestern who I credit for a ton of my success. They both, um, your dad and then this other mentor of mine, they both kind of said, you have a tremendous amount of value. You need to step up and ask for what you deserve. Um, and they gave me a voice. Next question was going to be about your mentors. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. If, you, if you want to elaborate a little bit more on that, you can. If not, we can keep going. <laughs> no, I'd love to talk about my mentors because I think mentorship is so important, um, especially for women. Like finding a great mentor and having somebody that's your advocate, you know, that can give you the truth, that can pull you aside and say, look, I think you're approaching this the wrong way. Um, you need to try X, Y, and Z, and you can just be open and, and know that they, it's coming from a place of, of love or, um, you know, just, um, safety. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, too often, I think we get really defensive in meetings. And if somebody gives you feedback afterwards, it's really easy to say, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't do that. Not at all. If you have a great mentor who you trust and know that, that they are coming and they're giving you feedback 
from a safe space, it's so much easier to take that and be like, you know what? Okay. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to try a different approach, but then you know that that person also is a strong advocate for you and going into the meetings that you don't have a seat at and they're raising, um, raising, you know, saying your name and, and elevating the work that you're doing. So, you know, the first woman that I worked for at UT Southwestern, um, Trish Smith, like she, was phenomenal. She was just a go-getter. I learned so much from watching her work and watching her um, handle all the men uh, on the leadership teams there. Um, and and I, you know, I I haven't worked for Trish since let's see, 2008 is when Trish and I stopped work, working together. And I still have an imaginary "What would Trish do?" bracelet that I wear every day. And I often think back, like I get stuck in a situation and I stop and I think, I'm like, what would Trish do? And I can hear her clear as a bell in my head, um, giving me some advice. And I, I'm, and I know where she is and I still reach out to her sometimes. And then the other person is your dad, like Ron Owens at, um, at ESI. Like he just, he taught me an industry that I had, I knew nothing about. He just gave me great advice. He listened, he asked my you know, from my thoughts on things. And we just became this team that, you know, just went and figured things out. And we worked really fast and we worked scrappy. And I learned a lot about business from him. Um, and that's something like, I don't have a business degree, don't have a lot of business sensibility. And I learned that all from, from him. And he just, he was willing to teach me. And he gave me the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I, you know, he's another one that I still know. I can email him or reach out to him any minute and say, hey, what do you think about this? And, and he would be there for me. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? And this doesn't have to be industry-wise. It could be, you know, any practical advice, any kind of advice. The best piece of advice that I ever got was, I think, from my mentor, Trish. Right after I met her, I was kind of hidden away in a different department, and she needed someone to come and help. She'd been tasked with completely rebuilding the website from a patient care perspective. Like, we had this crazy, horrible website that if you were a patient and you wanted to know how to find, a, like, a gastroenterologist, um, you'd go search that on the website, and it would bring up, like, research studies that the, like, researchers were doing. No. So you couldn't find, like, where you needed to go to park Oof. to find a doctor, but you could easily find, like, what you needed to do if you were trying to get a residency in gastroenterology. Um, and so Trish had been tasked with building a, our first ever patient care website, like a site just for patients to find doctors, to find parking, to find the cafeterias, to learn everything that they needed to know about their conditions. And she needed some help. And the guy that I was working for was like, well, let me connect you to Lori because she does web stuff and she might be able to help you. And so in, in a couple of days, Trish and I sat down and she was like, tell me your skill set." I told her what I could do. She was like, I need you on my team. I want you. And she's like, I'm going to bring you to a meeting. And you're going to be the lowest ranking person in the room. It's going to be all vice presidents and department chairs. And she's like, but if I bring you into a meeting, I expect you to speak up and to hold your own. She's like, you may feel like you're the lowest ranking person there, but you are the only person in the room who knows how to build a website. And so if I bring you into that meeting, I expect you to speak up and just give the facts and don't let these department chairs who don't know what they're doing push you around. And I have taken that advice with me for, you know, 15 years now. 
I'm not always good about remembering it. I tend to sit back. I do not like speaking in public. I do not like sharing out in a meeting when I'm the lowest ranking person. Even, even now as a managing director, I still don't like going into leadership meetings as the lowest ranking person and, and sharing um, my thoughts on something. So it is, it is a struggle every day. Mm-hmm. Every day I still have to remind myself, like you can do this. And I go back to what Trish said. And I hear, I, I remember where we were standing. I remember like she had her hand on the doorknob. We were about to walk into this room and it's like, I, I'll just never forget that. That's good advice. I think, and you can use that in, you know, many different aspects of life, many different industries, everything like that. Like you kind of got to be, be ready to, to speak up and take what you want and know that your, your voice is valued too, you know? That's right. So if you could go back and do it again, what would you tell your younger self? What would you, what do you wish that you'd known back then that you know now? Oh gosh. There's so much I've learned over the last 20 years. There's so many battle scars. I think if I could go back and do it all over again, I would, well, one is I don't know that I would have wasted my time getting a law degree. Although it is always a conversation starter in job interviews. People always remember me because I had a law degree. Um, It actually helped me get a couple of the jobs. And if I had done anything different, maybe I wouldn't have been looking for a job when my husband brought that job description home that got me into this career that I have really been passionate about and had great success in. Um, So I don't think I would redo anything. I don't want to say I have any regrets, but I do think I would approach things slightly differently. Um, Somebody once told me like, stop bringing me problems and bring me solutions. And that was also a flip of the switch. And that's actually something that's when I started switching from being a doer to being a manager and a leader. And so I think taking that approach earlier on in my career might've been really helpful. Like I used to think, oh, I'm, I'm, I've, I know what all the problems are. I can bring those to my manager and they can help solve them. And then one of, you know, I had a manager who I really didn't like and he really didn't like me. And he like kind of flippantly said, why do you always bring me problems? Like I need you to start bringing me solutions. And I, I had that defensive like, what's he talking about? Like, I'm really good at what I do. And then all these years later, it's like, you know what? As much as I didn't like hearing it then, he wasn't wrong. And that it caused me to change the way that I approach things. And so instead of bringing my boss a dead mouse and dropping it on his doorstep, it's like, I, here's the dead mouse that I'm dealing with, but here are my ideas. Here's the approaches the ways that I'm trying to solve it. Am I on the right track or which of these resonate with you? Do you like these? So I think if I could go back, Savannah, that's what I would do is I would, I would approach things from a problem solving instead of a problem finding um, perspective. That's a good perspective to have. I've never thought about it that way, but that, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I'm going to have to start, I'm going to steal that from you. (laughs) you You know, and it's what I tell my team a lot. Like, we have the data, we have the insights. We may not always know which strategy to go with or which option. Like sometimes we're presented with, gosh, like do we need to go this way or that way? Which is the best choice? What I'm always telling them is like, just let's put the data together and build a recommendation or give me two options that we can bring to the leadership and we can explain why option A is good and why option B is good. We can give the pros and cons and give them the data to help solve the problem versus like, ah, customers are leaving the site in droves. What do we do? 
And then, you know, and then they have to like walk us through it. So I think that it's empowered me a lot and it's helping me empower my teams. Like, okay, what are the options? What are the recommendations? All we have to do are bring the recommendations and then we help guide them to a decision. Well, that is all I have. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? I'm so honored that you asked me to do this. Like it, it was fun. And I mean, I just love supporting other women and I love what you're trying to do. I love the approach you're taking to it and such a huge appreciation for radio. Cause I do listen to um, NPR and this American life a ton. Thank you. <laughs> so I love what you're trying to do. I think we need more women voices in radio. Um, and I just, I think it's really exciting that like, a few years ago, people might have said, radio, why are you trying to get into radio? Like, nothing's going to radio. But podcasts have completely flipped that on its head. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you have tons of opportunity ahead of you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything. And have a good rest of the day. Thanks. You too. Take care. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Modern Day Rosies. 